Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today begins the potential final episode (laughs) of the What We Believe series, and uh, this is part 22. Woo! Thank you for making it this far with us. Um, and so we the final uh, episode, I, I say that because uh, who knows, we may get long-winded and, and make this into part one, part two, but we'll see. So the final topic um, in the catechism, the outline of faith, so many names, is uh, the Christian hope. So Everett, let's start with you. And what in your own words is the Christian hope? Oh, um, you know, I think, I think the hope is that, that the world is filled with Christ's glory. Um, you know, the, the gospel of Mark, um, begins with this phrase, you know, the, um, that Jesus went out and told him that the kingdom of God has come near. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, I, and I think the hope is, is that the kingdom of God comes and it's complete and total um, fullness. There's this uh, phrase that we often use the already and not yet that we realize we're, we're in the last days, but it's not the last day. Um, so whatever that is, is, is our hope. Already and not yet. Interesting phrase. Um, I kind of cringe a little when I hear someone say we're in the last days, <laughs> um, because it's kind of that um, it's kind of that crying wolf thing, and I don't mean it. Um, well, it, it's just that it's like because that's a threat in used as a threat in many places. Um, you know, because you better get right with Jesus. <laughs> it actually mm-hmm. really pisses me off <laughs> when that when that's thrown out. Um, and I don't. I'm not knocking you for using it um, because I know you don't hold it that way. Um, but that's just something that comes to mind when people throw those last days out there. And and um, you know the the rebuttal to that is like, yeah, it's been the last day for over two thousand years now. Um, and so it just feels like in certain contexts that kind of waters some things down. So um, I was triggered. I apologize. (laughs) So I want to jump back to glory after TD answers the question, what is the Christian hope in your own words? It's seen in the resurrection of Jesus, what he is now, what he was on Easter day is what, we will be and what the world will be um, when heaven comes down to earth. It, as it says at the end of the book of Revelation, I saw the new heaven and a new earth, the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, all those things. And so Jesus had still had the scars, the risen Jesus, 
So all the pain and stuff that the world has been through and you've been through won't be forgotten, but will somehow be redeemed, um, made right. So that, in a nutshell, is the Christian hope that God will keep God's promises. The world will not stay unjust or evil, that the promise of creation will eventually be fulfilled. And so our goal, knowing that what we do now echoes through eternity, as we heard in the movie Gladiator, uh, <laughs> uh, we have to take care of ourselves, take care of uh, the earth, take care of our neighbor, because the scars don't go away. Uh, they're, but they're redeemed. So the Christian hope is that is seen in Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. And we get a taste of that hope every Sunday in the Eucharist. Tom, uh, excuse me, Everett, <clears throat> anything to add or question or comment on what Tom said? I'm curious if that, if you have the same thoughts in that area. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 um, Tom being the, the being smarter than I, 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 I rarely disagree with him. So I, 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 I will not. That is not true. I will not disagree with him. I think, I think everything he said is right. I, um, I think it goes back to the discussion that we had about, you know, sort of how our eschatology mm -hmm. um, or our belief about what the end time is yes. impacts theology today. Um, and so, you know, for instance, if if it's this world that is being um, redeemed, as as you know, Tom referenced Revelation twenty one, then it matters what we do to this world and to the people that are in it. Um, it really does. Um, it really does matter. Such uh, uh, and words. Um, that is so. Hmm, dang, what's the word? Such a scandalous way of describing um, our eschatology. I should say that that didn't come out right. But anyway, because. As for myself, the first time I heard maybe Tom, maybe, you know, N.T. Wright, whoever it is. Uh, but I remember episodes where we talked about this. The Scars Remain, um, good band name, um, would be uh, is something that I'm just like, what? You know, don't didn't, you know, Tom and Jerry, when Jerry, you know, Tom died, he floated up and was a, you know, shadow, a ghost of himself playing the harp. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my eschatology came from was Tom and Jerry. <laughs> and and to have the scars remaining. Um, and the the pin that just pricked me that Everett said, I think it was you, Everett, just said that if you're harsh to your neighbor, your neighbor will remember that. I'm like, what? <laughs> but to come full circle on that, there is something to um, the idea that if you're given something uh, nothing's learned, kind of. That may not be the best way of saying it, but we're, to failure is our is our best teacher. And unless we remember the past, we are doing to repeat it. Those kind of things kind of popped in my head when you're talking about things being remembered. Um, they're redeemed, but they are remembered. And so all of the scars and things like that, um, I I don't know how to. I have to sit and reflect on this more because otherwise I'm just going to babble. 
somebody who, let's say, has a child whose oxygen was cut off when they were being born and they spend the rest of their life um, mm. in a vegetative state. Oh, okay. And, and those parents are keeping the promise to their child. They're t- caring for him or her. They want to know, or a family who's got a loved one who has Parkinson's disease and it hits them early, or, you know, we could just keep going. Sure. Uh, all of the fact that those that pain is not forgotten, I think, means something. Hmm. If it's just wiped away, uh, if Jesus didn't have the scars, right. then what would be the point of the cross? I mean, that, that can't be forgotten. But those scars are what, you know, in a sense, restore the world because Jesus defeated death there. So... I think it's important. It's important that it that they remain. That's a great example um, because my mind goes to us hurting others. Uh, my mind goes to immediate sin, um, you know, and, and right. uh, that's where um, I'm just programmed to think about that. And uh, so, you know, with, with that's a great example is um, reminds me of that, that comp compliment player of those who weep. You know. Yes. Uh, that that that's also important. The sin, the sin that we, the damage we do to others, mm-hmm. um, isn't. You know, we have to, we have to remember that that helps us live in this life, knowing that uh, what we do matters. And uh, if you have come to the sudden realization of that and you've caused a lot of pain in people's lives, knowing that the scars are still there on Jesus could inspire you to go out and do something different. Change, you know, try to redeem the work here. So what, as N.T. Wright says, whatever we think about the end, and as Everett just said, will affect the way we live now. Our eschatology if, forms our Everett. What is this? Uh, I, I would say it forms our, our present theology. Okay. I, there was some kind of, you know, dippity-doo little phrase, our eschatology forms our something else. But, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. If, if it's all going to be destroyed, what's why do we need to take care of our right. bodies or the earth or our neighbor or whatever? Which or is? that dog. Right. That, you know. Right, which is a, a, which is a theology of some is, you know, I'm going to eat as much fried chicken as I want because who cares, right? Because I'm going to Tom and Jerry it. <laughs> it's the it's theology of most of the people in my town that would call themselves Christian. Right. And it's really just, it's pagan eschatology uh, Christianized. I have, he- I have heard one time only that one thought of, of of choices between presidents was which one will burn it all down faster, <laughs> you know, and um, and that's kind of a thing. It's like if we burn the world, if we destroy the world, we've talked about this, but uh, not the president thing, but the the climate change and so on. It the the quicker we usher in the end, and we all go Tom and Jerry. Um, so okay, um, 
uh, real quick, where if if this is the first time someone's heard this um, idea of the scars remain? Gosh, I love that phrase. Um, sorry, I'm stuck on that now. I'm writing songs in my head. Um, where do they go to read? What what books uh, can you guys throw out or thoughts or articles? I know NT Wright, but do you remember? Well, I, I, I would start with um, um, Surprised by Hope um, as probably my my go-to in terms of understanding biblical, uh, what is what is the biblical hope? Yeah. Um, because we, we, we live in a, in a culture that is so formed um, by something that is an unbiblical image of, of us like floating off to heaven and like, you know, as you said, the Tom and Jerry sort of thing um, that, that, that really grounds people grounds readers into what actually is the biblical hope. Um, so that would be, that would be my starting point. Um, right. Reflection on the liturgy. Um, you know, I mean, this is, this is the thing, like the reason that we, you know, sing the Sanctus every single Sunday, holy, 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 um, is because this is this is the the thing that is going on in heaven, and gives us a glimpse of what this heavenly foretaste of the heavenly banquet that is to come. Sweet, Tom. I would start with John, the Gospel of John, twenty and twenty-one, Ooh. and read how Thomas put his hands into Christ's side and then how he put, and then in the next chapter, they're eating fish on the beach. Doesn't seem like the kind of thing you do after you just rose from the dead, (laughs) but, and then read how the apostle Paul said, you know, when we see him, well, now we see in a mirror darkly, but when we see him, uh, Oh man, my I haven't had enough coffee yet. We'll Tom. see face to face. We'll we will become what he is essentially. Um, we see in Christ the forerunner of our resurrection. So we're not just going to be uh, sitting on a cloud playing a harp singing. You know, we're going to be or read the last chapter of the Chronicles of Narnia, the <laughs> last battle. Uh, your growing and learning doesn't stop when you die. You're, you still have uh, work to do, as it were, in a sense. The, the real life starts, this is, a, as Aristotle said, this is a shadow of the real world. We haven't even got there yet. Mm. For what was intended. Is what that means, correct? Yes, yeah. but also what will be. I mean, that's the Christian hope. How how do you explain somebody who's uh, passed through death? It's not that they're resurrected; they're they've come out on the other side, and decay doesn't touch them anymore. Uh, it's kind of beyond our comprehension. What? What Jesus, what the what they're portraying Jesus as at the end of John's Gospel, or in the first few chapters of Acts, or good stuff. So, if you are 
like I said, hearing this for the first time, or this is waking things up as it isn't me, I'm jotting notes. I hope you can't hear my pen rattling my microphone over here. <laughs> um, I can hear it. Oh, dang it. <laughs> um, then um, something to, to jump into for sure. Good stuff. Gosh, good stuff. Um, okay, let's let's jump away from that because otherwise we'll spend the entire time on it. So um, it says in, in uh, this section, why do... Uh, well, I guess I can read it, says something to the effect of what do we mean by the coming of Christ in glory? Answer being by, by the coming of Christ in glory, we mean that Christ will come not in weakness, but in power and will make all things new. Um, what, is, what is the importance of coming in glory and in small quotes, not in weakness? What, what is that? Why is that outlined? <laughs> I feel like I'm doing all the talking over it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I and and I think that's sort of what we what we talked about a, a little bit is um, so one, it's 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 a reversal of his first coming. So in his first coming, he's born um, as a baby. Under under the the you know the threat of imperial um, action, hmm. um, um, in in that in in that sense, um, you know it's it's a li- it's a little bit like Star Wars um, in Episode Three, um, where you know they basically have to go and take and hide Luke and Leia, right? Mm-hmm. Because they know that Luke and Leia are dangers to you know this 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 new order um that that darth vader and the emperor have you know are 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 going through so there's a sense in which the symbol of the baby being born um is um is 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 a powerful symbol but the other part of it is is that um babies are you know sort of um defenseless yeah um but but this talks about coming not in weakness but in strength and that whatever Jesus's return is it's not it's not going to be Jesus meek and mild no crying he made but in 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 glory and power and there's a there's a line in um the 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 preface or the portion of the eucharistic prayer that sort of summarizes the season that we're in and it says that when he shall come again, you know, we will not fear. We, you know, we will not have shame. We will not have fear. Um, so his second coming is not is not something for us to be afraid of. Sort of like, um, you know, every great teen movie has a a, um, a storyline in which the the teen has thrown a, a party or has borrowed the dad's car. Um, and and is now afraid um, of the parent coming home. Of you know, we don't have to be afraid of God coming. It's something that we look forward to. Um, and so the power is not a power of of fear, but a power, um, you know, of 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 hope, um, fulfillment, and fulfillment. Like yeah. like this is like this is the missing piece. I mean, this is 
that this is sort of like the gospel story the the woman who has lost the coin and she tears her her home apart and and then she finds it and and right fulfillment like i have that and i think that's sort of like what this thing is is that our time is a time of looking for the lost coin um and when jesus comes in power you know it, it's a celebration it's not a it's not a fear man you guys are in fuego <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> both of you are killing it today you're really good for our self-esteem justin good god <laughs> that was awesome Everett. <laughs> it had examples and analogies and star wars <laughs> might be sunday sermon <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> I was going to say, so I don't know. I've lost track and I apologize. Uh, so we're recording this in Advent uh, for you, the listeners. Um, and uh, so that was like, man, you're segueing here. And uh, whoa. Wow. Um, period. <laughs> what did the kids say? And that's on period. <laughs> uh, Tom, anything to add to that? <laughs> No, okay. every, every, everything. Okay, I pulled one thing out of that that I wanted to jump into um, because, uh, gosh, man, you guys are seriously. because uh, So you tied that back into the Christian hope uh, because of the glory and then, you know, and the fulfillment as we talked about and how. Um, so, you know, we took dad's car out, but dad's not coming back to punish us, right? Um, but the thing I want to talk about that is, and it, this is also in the um, section, I keep stumbling on what to call that here, uh, but it does talk about what do we mean by the last judgment. And it says, we believe that Christ will come in glory and judge the living in the dead. So let's talk about that, Tom. I'm going to come to you first. What is it meant by um, the last judgment? And I think this is a place, too, where... Um, <laughs> Just like we're doing, we're unwrapping things or unpacking things today. What is, how do you describe what the last judgment means? Man, you skipped praying for the dead. Oh, my bad. I meant, what do you think praying part. for the dead means? <laughs> go where you no, want to go. No, it's okay. It's go where okay. you want to go. So, it means that... I don't think it means that one where here's how I pictured it as a kid. I'm in a line and uh, I'm going to stand. I'm going to walk into, they're going to open the doors of the room. I'm going to walk in. There's Jesus. He's my lawyer. God's sitting up on the court on the, you know, bench like a judge, but I can't look at him because it's too bright. And then there's going to be screens on each side playing every sin of my life. <laughs> and I have to sit there and watch it with God and Jesus. And uh, and then I get to the end of it, and, you know, super embarrassed, feeling terrible by the end of it, because you're watching it with God, you know. And then <laughs> I find out it doesn't matter because... Uh, it says, you know, he who knew no sin became sin for us. Mm. So, so then the videos, or, or I come in there to watch it and I'm expecting to be embarrassed and then there's nothing there. Mm. And uh, my lawyer, Jesus, has succeeded. I don't think it's quite that. Um, 
I think it's judgment in the sense that you heard your parents say, I heard my mom say all the time, you know, you need to learn to lift with your legs or you're going to hurt your back. And when you get old, you're going to regret that. <laughs> you know, she decreed the truth uh, and the truth of her judgment will be laid out in what happens. So when you hear that as an even as you grow up fundamentalist like me or evangelical, you're assuming God's going to say you're in or out. But um, I think that by your the way you live, uh, what happens to you after you die, um, I'm not explaining this very well. As I said, I didn't have a lot of coffee. But, <laughs> but you, whatever is, happens, you can choose to walk towards God. Hell is locked from the inside, not the outside. If you chose to be away from God um, in this life, you can choose it in the next, or you can change your mind. Uh, so I think the judgment is more of a is more about consequences of actions than Jesus saying, mm. you know, you're out for forever. He who is forgiven much, you know, forgives much kind of theory. Um, that, that's something in, in um, it's said more poetically in the Bible, but that's kind of what it reminds me of. So when we are reminded um, of what we have done, we are more apt to forgive others who sin against us, whatever that kind of thing means. So, right. Um, Your but, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because that molds us. Right. That our 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 past molds us, obviously, who we are in today. Um, sorry, I don't like that word, obviously. But um, so that kind of comes to mind when you say the sitting in the courtroom watching that. It's like Dad's over there. Right, <laughs> Dad's here. Dang yes, it. <laughs> I don't like this. And that uh, that also relates to the previous question. Why do we pray for the dead? Okay, um, that would have made no sense to me growing up. Because right, right. why would you pray for somebody if it's decided? They're the done, right? It's done. Right. They're dead. It's either, over. Nothing's going to change. You either made it or you didn't. Yeah. And that's not, we have this great cloud of witnesses. And uh, the idea is that you keep growing, you keep moving towards God, the light. And uh, people, we pray for them because. In the same way, I've talked to my dad, who's dead, or because I have a great cloud of witnesses. They they see what's going on here. Um, anyway, yeah, why would you go ahead, Tom? Yeah. What what you got it? You got it. I said it. I said it ramblingly enough. All right, Everett. There was a lot of fruit to pick from there. Anything stick out, or somewhere else you want to go with it? Yeah. Um... Uh, the one, the one thing I'm, you know, um, I think hell is a, and, and I always vacillate on this. I think hell is a important um, narrative technique, right? So you have to have um, to make to make the story work. You have to have hell. You have to have the devil. But I don't, it, I, I, I don't think that they're, I don't think that they're actual real things. Um, you know the the um, the great Easter Vigil sermon from Saint John Chrysostom um, about how 
you know, um, Jesus uh, in his death went to um, the gates of hell and, mm-hmm. and knocked open the doors and took our first parents um, out um, is this image that the, the, the iconography is, is it's, it's not that it's not that the doors have been open. It's but that they have been broken open, hmm. um, and they cannot be closed. Closed, again. right, right, okay. Um, and 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 so um, and, and I'm also I'm also with David Bentley Hart on on this one. Hart, um, you know, says that if all things are indeed created by God, then how how and why would God create um, create hell? Um, as hell as this eternal punishment, hmm. the orthodox position, and I tend to agree with it, is is that hell is something we experience, and there are those of us who may, in fact, experience God's love, grace, forgiveness, mercy as hell. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and so it's it's not that it's not that we have been put into a place of punishment. It's that we are so stuck in our ways that we experience goodness as badness. Um, it's sort of the way that I think a lot of times, at least I think of food, right? Like, mm. oh God, I got to eat, you know, grilled fish and eat vegetables, mm. right? That's that is goodness. <laughs> uh, what do I like? I like that. <laughs> Right, I want to get some fried steak covered with with gravy, um, you know, and and so it's one of those things about changing our minds about what is good and what is bad. Uh, vacillate, great word. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to mention that. Great, good description too. Tom, you giggled. Go. Well, I just think it's. A great illustration. <laughs> I experienced fish and broccoli as hell because my. Uh, <laughs> I I mean hell just I mean death just means separation, and hell is separation from God. We we don't are I think Everett's right, and I think hell is a place. Uh, there it's possible to live separated from God. You can't. It's hard to do that in the world today. Because God's blessings are everywhere. If you feel the sun, if you see a beautiful day, if you ever experience love or eat apple pie or, as Ben Franklin said, drink a beer, you know God loves you. Uh, You can deny it, but we all are touched by God's goodness every day. But I think the difference between... um, now now and after is you can... You can get away from it if you want to. Ultimately, the, the what is it that the, the the psalmist says? You know, even if I go into the the depths of Sheol, you are there. Oh man, um, is this? Are we? Did you just beat me with scripture? Ever? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well, and you're right. I take it back. You're right because Second uh, Peter he says. Um, you know, he preached to the spirit of those in prison. Yeah. And if if God exists outside of time, then he's there right now preaching. So I take it back. You can never escape fully from God's goodness. You might experience it as 
I mean, uh, I, I think we can hide. I mean, I think we can hide from it. Um, and and you know, this is um, uh, and and sometimes you know, I, I you, you talk about the the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, um, gosh, is it is it Peter? Is it Peter that that sort of befriends the White Witch at the first and thinks that the White Witch is really good and she, Edmund. Yeah, Edmund, Edmund and, right. and and she gives him the 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 uh, Turkish delight, oh, which I'm, I'm not sure I know yeah. really what that is. But, <laughs> He's dangling. Um, someone's dangling chicken fried steak. <laughs> basically, hard jelly covered in powdered sugar. <laughs> I don't know that. I, I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a British thing that's like really good. Um, yeah. But um, I, you know, and 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 I think that sometimes we can sit there and 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 we can think what is bad. We can, we can think what the devil is offering him is actually good, and this is some of the brilliance of um, like uh, wormwood and and the screw tape letters. So, hmm. man, I've, I've, I I don't know. I don't want to be so bold as to say that I feel like, in some ways, some of these things could continue to talk about afterlife and he- you know more about heaven and hell, and I don't know. Yeah, we um, I, so we're out of time. And I, we have more to cover. So I think we need to jump into communion of saints. We've talked about that. We can go back from praying for the dead, touch which you guys kind of did in that regard. But everlasting life, it's a big one. Um, so maybe we extend this. That's cool. Um, yeah. And do just kind of wrap this up since especially it is the last. See, I knew it. There'd be a part two. Uh, man outstanding stuff if you want to prepare for the next one when we talk more about hell you can read miroslav wolf the theologian talk exclusion and embrace what he says about hell that's a talk it well you it's a book but you could read portions of it online for free the pertinent portions um exclusion and and grace in exclusion and embrace by Miroslav Wolf. Embrace, okay. Yeah, the, he's the I, only other Episcopalian besides the three of us who have ever heard talk about hell. <laughs> that's that's a joke. <laughs> other than saying the Nicene Creed, right? Or the Apostles' Creed too. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the other thing I kept thinking about is while you are were talking is 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 the great divorce. Um, it just, that's all, that's what I kept hearing you all talking about. So that's another one by C.S. Lewis. And I know some one, couple of people threw out some C.S. Lewis stuff in there. So the great divorce short read, um, is another great one to kind of talk about hell as well. So, okay, we'll jump into that next, next time. So thank you, gentlemen. Great job. Good stuff. I love the examples. I feel like I'm kind of like in in grade school and like, and then we went to the movie theater (laughs) or the courtroom and there was a movie screen. (laughs) All right. Thank you everyone for listening and may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at fun drain pot. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.